working our way through Peter, and believe it or not, we are at the end of Peter's first letter. Woo! Is that exciting? <laughs> Good. Good deal. Good deal. So Peter, he's, he's accomplished all kinds of cool things. I mean, as you read through, we read through um, Acts, and we see how God used, uh, and we, we see in the Gospels how Jesus interacted with Peter, and how Peter um, was a part of what Jesus was doing. Uh, just so encouraging to us, like, because, I mean, Peter was just a guy, like, you know, just a person like us, and, and Jesus, like, got hold of him and changed his life and uh, did great things through Peter. I mean, this book that we've been reading, um, you know, and digging into, Peter is so full of so much good treasures from heaven. Uh, it's just unbelievable, and we've only, like, touched on some of the things. But there's so much there in this letter. Um, and, but the, the big thing I think Peter's trying to say to us is like, in Jesus, you know, there's so much. There's so many treasures and there's so much like uh, of God working when we're in Jesus. And that's like almost the most important thing to get is that we're in Jesus. Like we are hidden in Jesus. We are surrounded and we are covered in Jesus when we come to him, when we surrender to him, when we give our life to him, right? When we're washed clean by him. We are like in him, not like in a bubble, like away from the world, but we're like in Jesus and Jesus is in us. And then together we are in the world to impact the world. And that's why his letter, in his letter, he teaches us so many things about how we should live in Jesus. Now that you're in Jesus, and how do you get in Jesus? Well, that's just grace, right? That's just God sending his son and you accepting Jesus as Lord, and you come into a relationship with Jesus, and then in him, God wants to impact the world around you. Like if you're in school, or if you're in college, or if you work somewhere, wherever you are, God wants to be in you, in your place, wherever that is in the world. You're like a missionary for God now. Isn't that cool? That's awesome. I mean, that's powerful. We get to like connect with the king of the kingdom of heaven and work for him in this world to be a missionary for God. Every one of us, like every one of us, right? We are God's messengers to the world. And what we have to give the world is eternal life in Christ. Wow, that's just big. You know, it's so big. Well, his encouragement and his teaching in this book is just so much. I mean, so good. Everything that he's said so far. The last couple things that I just want to mention that he said is this. One, the end is near. Remember, the end of all things is near. And the, the last thing that we talked about is this. Your crown is coming. Right, so the end is near. Hang on to him. Do good. Live for Christ. Be holy because God is holy. And your crown is coming. Just hang on. You're at the final stretch, right, of your life. Well, today his word is, is, is equally awesome to us. Okay, and here's the word for us today. It's this. Stand fast in true grace. Okay, just think about that. Stand fast in true grace. Now, now we're not talking about like, hurry up, quick, get, 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 get fast, and, and stand fast, like that. But it's like, stand solid. Like, stand firm in true grace. We're going we're gonna to talk about this, because it's amazing. Chapter 5, verses 12 to 14. And this may possibly be 
The shortest sermon you'll ever hear me preach. Chapter 12, or chapter 5, chapter 12. Chapter 5, verses 12 to 14. Look, it's only two verses, right? Okay, 12, 34, sorry, four, three verses. With the help of Silas, look what he says. With the help of Silas, this is Paul's final, or Peter's, Peter's final words to these people scattered all over Asia Minor, right? He's written all kinds of good stuff for them, and now he's going to kind of wrap it up. He says, with the help of Silas, whom I regard as a faithful brother, I have written to you, briefly. (laughs) Short letter, small, not a lot of writing. Encouraging you and testifying that this is the true grace of God. Stand fast in it. She who is in Babylon, chosen together with you, sends you her greetings, and so does my son Mark. Greet one another with a kiss of love. So let's take a minute and do that. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Greet one another with a kiss of love. Peace to all of you who are in Christ. There it is. In Christ. It's so amazing that he says this over and over again. So a couple things I want to point out. First thing is this. Silas, his also name is Silvanus, right? Verse 12. With the help of Silas, he says, whom I regard as a faithful brother. Just think about those words. Think about that. Silas. With the help of Silas, like, like we, all need a, we all need brothers next to us, right? We all need partners, people that we like, go into battle with, people that we trust. I don't mean just you know, acquaintances that we have at work or whatever, people we hang out at school. Um, you know, those are friends that you might have, but like, are they going to be there in 10 years from now? Are you going to stay in contact with them later on down the road? I don't know. You may not even know that yet. But, but what we do need are brothers who are with us spiritually yeah. to the end. Like we're both striving to honor God with our life. So it doesn't matter if we're together or apart. We know, we know they're with us, right? That's the kind of brothers and sisters we need. In this world, because we're in a battle zone, right? We're going in it. We're here, and Paul and Peter says, he says, with the help of Silas, whom I regard as a faithful brother. This is Silas who went to Antioch with Barnabas in Acts 15. This is Silas who, in 2 Corinthians 1, preached with Paul and Timothy. This is a guy that's been with them throughout the ministry. He has like proven himself to be trustworthy and dependable, and Paul knows that he's got his back. And so when he says, greet, uh, or when he says, Silas, my brother, my faithful brother, it's like, it's like this, this, this word of like, this is my, this is, I'll die with this guy. Yeah. I mean, he'll be there to the very end if it means death. He's not going to run, right? He's not going to go take off and leave me hanging. He's going to be here. He's my faithful brother. That's so cool. I, I hope you have faithful brothers and I, and I hope that you are that to people. Like, you know what I mean? People should like feel like you're the kind of person because you're connected to God and because you see the bigger picture, people should know that you are the kind of person who is going to be there for them to the end. Like, right? That's the kind of people we ought to be. People are willing to lay down our life for our brothers. People are willing to be there. So this is Silas, a minister and a messenger, most likely the one who is actually bearing this letter. He's probably the one carrying this letter to the churches scattered throughout Asia Minor, to all the people that are in different places. This is Silas taking Paul, uh, Peter's letter, and he's going on a journey, and he's got these scrolls, and he's bringing them to the brothers in different places that are being persecuted and probably underground, and they're hiding from Nero's uh, persecution that's coming against them and he's bringing them these letters and saying look what God has to say to you 
This is Silas, like risking his neck to bring the gospel to people who need to hear from God. Wow, that's amazing. There's not a better work in the world to do than that, right? Than to take God's truth and what you know God has said to us and bring it to people who are being beaten up by the world. Silas, Silas, amazing Silas. All right, so verse 13, she who is in Babylon, look what he says. Now, she who is in Babylon, he says, chosen together with you, sends you her greeting. These are, this is the kind of like passage or thought that you go, mm, what is this all about? She who is in Babylon. Like Peter's writing to the, the church in uh, Asia Minor that's spread out all over the world, scattered all over. He's encouraging them, telling them, be good, do good, to be holy. And he says, she, at the end, he says, she who is in Babylon, chosen together with you, sends you her greetings. That's like, what is Peter getting at here? And, uh, and uh, there's, a lot, there's a lot of ideas here, but the, the bottom line is this. This is like the, the co-elect church. This is the, the Christians over here send you over there their greetings, right? Like the, the church in Babylon, maybe, you know, we know that Peter, and he's, when he's writing this, is in, probably is in Rome when he's writing this letter. And so he's not in Babylon. But, so it's weird that he says, you know, the, 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 the believers in Babylon send you their greeting over in Asia Minor, and Peter's in Rome. It's like maybe he's talking about like the, the believers that he loves and knows that, that have been dispersed around Babylon, all those people that he maybe has been in touch with. He says, hey, don't forget, there's people over there that are fighting the same battle that you are. They send you their greeting. Hang in there. You're not alone. Maybe he's talking about, maybe in Babylon he's referring to the world, like the, the evil world that is Babylon, right? That Revelation talks about the whore of Babylon or the mother of harlots, like Babylon the Great, the evil of this world is Babylon. And the believers who are in the world fighting to live for Jesus, they send you their greeting. You're not alone. Like there's others out there that are fighting the same evil you are and they're in this world trying to live for Christ. Maybe it's those people. Maybe, maybe it's a reference to Rome. Like Rome is the Babylon that's evil and sinful and full of all kinds of wickedness. Uh, but in, at any rate, it's the church. He's saying the church in another place, the brothers over here send you, the brothers over there, they're greeting, they're like sending you a high five a thumbs up like keep up the good work like peace and happiness to all of you keep keep the faith i think that's pretty cool that he even includes this like this this bit of encouragement that you sometimes think you're alone like sometimes we think we're all alone in this like like i'm all out here on my own and, and there's no one here with me and peter says you are not alone you guys over there are not alone. There's people all around the world who are trying to honor God with their lives. They're trying to live for Jesus. They've been bought by the blood, and they're trying to fight this fight as well with you. You are not alone. It's an encouragement to one another, you know, that to see good things happening in each other. That's pretty cool that Peter, you know, as he wraps up this letter, he's, he's mindful that these people might be feeling that they're all alone. Wow. And, the, and Peter, the apostle, wants to say to them, look, from God's perspective, as he looks down, you're not alone. There are others throughout the world undergoing the same stuff. 
You just keep fighting this fight. You keep going. He says in verse 14, greet one another with the kiss of love. Don't you love that? I mean, Paul says that in a number of occasions. He says, greet one another with a holy kiss. Right? Now, we don't practice that. But, but, but you know what that means, right? Because if, if, if you don't like somebody, you, you might shake their hand, but you're probably not going to give them a kiss. <laughs> right, right. But if you like someone, like, you, like you, you feel a connection with somebody, you know, you might give them a hug. You might even, if you're Italian, you might even go, you know, do the old throw the kiss off the cheek thing. Just be careful you don't both turn the same way. That happened to me with my uncle once. Yeah. It was a little weird. Because he had like scruggly and smoked, so his love oh, was, yeah, was bad. It's like, I turn, you know, you usually turn one way, he turns, yo, we both turn the same way, mwah, right on the lips. Ugh, I was like, dude, don't ever do that again. It's gross. But that's like, greet one another with a, with a, with a kiss. I mean, that's like a, a, a warmth, endearment, like, like, I love you, like, I'm with you, we're brothers. I mean, we should do that, we should practice that. Like, when people come in, I like, I'm a hugger, I, I love to hug. Not everybody is, I get that, some people are like, like, they keep you, like, you come in for the hug, and they, like, they, like, hold you back. Okay, they give you this stiff arm. It's like they got, they're going for a touchdown or something, you know. <laughs> it's like, you ain't kissing me. Get out of here. So he says, like, the kiss of love, that, that's pretty cool, you know, that in this final little section, he says, love each other. Like, love each other so much that you will, like, get into each other's space. That's cool. Because we, like, we live in a world where you stay out of my space, right? Everybody's private. Peter says, hey, you get in each other's space. Love each other. That much. Love each other. And then he says in verse 12, and this is the key to this whole thing, he says, stand fast in true grace. He says, I have written you briefly, encouraging you, testifying that this is the true grace of God. Stand fast in it. Notice he says the word briefly. Now, it is a pretty brief letter. It's only five chapters, and we've been on it for a while, but it's because we just take little pieces at a time. But this is a small letter, but in it, Peter says so much, doesn't he? I mean, he says so much for us to live by. He says, encouraging you. That's what Peter's been trying to do, just like exhort us to encourage us, to prod us on, to challenge us, uh, you know, throughout his whole letter, that his whole letter has been about like, once you're in Jesus, that is the best thing. That's the miracle of God that you can come into Jesus. But now that you're in Jesus, like in this world, you're on a mission. And your job is to represent God in the world and do good and and, and and then lead people to Christ and let people see God living in you. This stuff isn't saving you, but it's it might save somebody else when they see God living in you. Right? That's why we do the works, not to win salvation. We already got that, but to help other people see that God is working in your life and he, he wants to work in their life and he's alive and working in this world. And so Peter's exhorting them to do these things, to do good, to be holy because God is holy. All those things he said. And then he says, like, exhorting you or encouraging you in this true grace. That thought alone, just capture that for a minute. True grace, he's testifying. Peter is testifying to the soundness of this truth. This true grace, Peter is like testifying and proclaiming that this is true grace. 
And true grace is firm and it's solid and you can bank on it. True grace. See, there's a lot of grace. There's a, there's a lot, you know, there's a worldly grace in the world, right? We're all, we all kind of do that. We forgive one another and we, we show mercy to each other and people do things to you and you have to let it go. You don't keep record of wrongs, right? And we try as human beings to do that. And it's very surface, right? It is. You know how you know it's surface? Because when they mess up again, you, you bring it back up. So it didn't go far, did it? It's right there. Remember, you got a report card of all the things they did to you. right? I got this list of all this. So it didn't really go anywhere. You just like got over for a minute. And then when something happened, you remembered it again. But, but he says, this is true grace. Oh, that's so much different. This is true grace from God. This is like God getting to the very heart of your sin. Like, I can't forgive your sin. You can't forgive each other's sin. You might forgive something somebody did to you, but you, you can't make them right with God. You can only maybe make them right with you. That's surface. This grace is true and deep and to the core. Like, this is the grace that you are forgiven of with God, the one that you really offended. Right, the sin of your heart. God is able to go deep and forgive that sin that makes you then right and blameless in his eyes, holy to him, right, saved by his grace. That's true grace. And only God can give that. And Peter is saying, you stand fast in this true grace. Not in the world's grace but in God's true grace. That's, that's different. That's deeper. It's like you take your stand, he's saying, you put on your armor, you take your stand against the evil of this world, and you fight to stay in the presence of God. You fight to stay in Jesus. That's what you do. That's what you do. He says, like, the idea is having entered in, having entered into this grace, now stand fast in it. Like, stand firm and strong. Don't be moved. Like, let God hold you right there. It's true grace, right? It's authentic. It's real. And it's from the beginning of time grace. This is not some made-up grace that came along later. This is true grace that came from the beginning of time. The same God who created all things and sent Jesus and loves you and is coming again. He wants us to walk in this true grace. He wants us to walk in the true grace, to live in this grace. And the last thing he says in verse 14, he says, Peace to all, and again there are those words, in Christ. Peace to all who are in Christ. Like, this is not just peace of the world because that's not happening. This is peace, peace within you as you are in Christ. When Christ comes in, he brings an inner peace, a, a spiritual peace, and a freedom in your heart that you know that even though everything in the world is not okay, you are okay with him. Right? He has made you whole again. He has washed you clean again. He has forgiven your sin. You are guiltless. Right? You are free. And in Him you have peace. And no matter what happens in this world, in Jesus, there's hope and there's grace and there's peace. And it's the kind of peace that only flows out of salvation. 
and you will find it nowhere else. It is nowhere else to be found. It is solid, and it is founded on Christ and Christ alone. Do you have this peace? Do you have this life in Jesus? Are you in Jesus? It's the only safe place to be today. It is the only safe place to be. I mean, you won't find help or hope or freedom or salvation or healing like this anywhere else in the world. You know, there are a lot of people these days, it seems like bomb shelters are like going crazy out the sky. It's like nuts. People are buying bomb shelters, right? And you, you know, you kind of get the idea why. You're like People are freaking out. We're going to get bombed out somewhere. And so they think that by going underground, they're going to be safe, right? People just want to be safe. Well, a bomb shelter ain't going to make you right with God. You're not going to have peace with God by having a bomb shelter. Going into a bomb shelter 15 feet underground that costs $100,000 is not going to give you peace with God. It's not, going to, it's not going to make you safe in God in any way. Only in Jesus are you going to be safe. Only in Jesus will you be eternally safe. And this morning I'm asking you, do you have this Jesus in you? Are you in him? If not, talk to somebody. Talk to somebody. Find someone to talk to and and figure out how do I get into Jesus? How do I give my life to Jesus? How do I walk in Jesus? Peter just spent like these five chapters just pouring out his heart to us, like tying in his own experience and failures with Jesus so that we would help, he would help us understand just how much God loves us. You know, and that, that we can be forgiven in God and that we can have salvation and grace in Christ. Man, he has poured his heart out and, and in the end he says, grace and peace to you are in Christ. You know, at the beginning of Peter's letter, he says, grace and peace to you are in Christ. And at the end of his letter, he says, grace. Right, remain in this true grace. And so his letter is really about the grace of God. That you're only safe in Jesus. Father, we love you so much. And we're so grateful, God, that you love us. That you sent your son here to this earth because we were lost and we were separated. And we were caught up in our sin. And and you saw us in that condition and you sent Jesus to die for us. That we would have life. God, help us to realize that the only safe place for all of eternity is in you, Lord. It's in you, Jesus. We love you so much, God. Thank you for loving us. Pray that you would speak to our hearts, Father, as we we think about this letter and what Peter has to say, what you have to say through him. God, move us to action. Move us to being people who, who honor you in our life, who live by faith and not by sight. God, we love you so much. The end of all things is near. And we know that our crown is coming. And today we want to stand fast in the true grace that is only found in you. In Jesus' name, amen.